had an opportunity just to share about 10 minutes at um, the further, the, the worship night that we had back at the end of, uh, I guess it was the end of January. And uh, I'd had someone ask if I would share that again at some point. And so I just kind of want to share that word again. I'm not going to, um, I'll try not to be long. Uh, and I was able to share it with another person uh, in prayer a few weeks ago. And, and I just feel like it's a, I know it's a relevant word from God for God's people. And uh, this will be for the benefit of those that were not here, but also just to kind of encourage those of us that were here. Um, this is a year of change. Uh, and I've kind of coined it the year of change up. But some of the churches that I have visited uh, obviously are, are, are seeing the same thing. Um, I was at a church on Sunday in Knoxville uh, of a friend of mine, and I think they've called it like the year of uh, uh, redeemed hope. I think there's a church that um, Betsy visits, they've called it a year of hope redeemed. Uh, I've seen it called a year of divine favor from one of the biggest churches in, uh, in, uh, in the country that I, that I watch sometimes online. Uh, so, so I call it the year of change up. Um, so I'm just going to share a few verses with you. And, and kind of talk through this and, and try to encourage us tonight through the Lord. Genesis 15, verse 1. We'll start there. And just uh, kind of walk with me quickly because I don't want to hold you too long. It says, sometime later, uh, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You've given me no descendants of my own, so one of my, my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. Um, I want to go over to Luke and, uh, and let's look at Mary right quick. Verse 26 says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus he will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give you him the throne. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Uh, let's just look at the responses of uh, Abraham and Mary. And really it was Abram at this point. His name had not been changed to Abraham yet. Uh, and, I, and, and at further, I, I looked at this a little bit differently. I kind of looked at the later response and how they responded with praise. 
But I just wanted to kind of jump in there and look at it a little bit closer tonight at the very initial response. Genesis 15 and verse 6. This is what the Bible says about Abram. Abram, Abram didn't say anything right here. It says, and Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. So God saw his heart. He saw that Abram heard what God had promised him, and that Abram grabbed hold of it. He believed it. Okay? He responded with faith. Well, he believed. He had faith. As unbelievable as it was, because at this point, uh, we know that Abram was an old man um, beyond the, the age of bearing children. Uh, he believed the unbelievable about himself, and God was moved by it. But now, if you look at the next verse, look at verse 7. It says, then the Lord told him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land as your possession. So in verse 7, it's like God adds to the promise. The initial promise was a bunch of descendants, as many as the stars in the sky. But like God adds something here. He says that Abram and his descendants are going to take over all this land. And it's almost as if the addition kind of shook his faith a little bit. Because then he, then we see him speak right here. Like, so he was good with the descendants, old as he was, you know, as many as the stars. He's good with that. But then God kind of tacked on some more blessing to it. And he was like, okay, uh, all right, man. So he says, oh, sovereign Lord, how can I be sure that I will actually possess it? Has anybody ever wanted to ask God a question like, like, for real? Did you really mean that, God? Well, that's what Abram did. Father Abraham, that Abraham, that was him. He had a question for God. And we'll see that um, unless y'all's Bible reads differently than mine, um, I don't think that God smacked him upside the head and said, you can't ask me no question. Do we see that? It's not in there because God didn't do that to him. He simply asked God how it's going to happen. Let's look at Mary. In Luke 1, verse 34, I think it is. This is Mary's immediate response. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. Okay, so Abram was well beyond having babies. His time had passed. And not only that, he was supposed to have a bunch of descendants, okay? And then Mary had never been with a man. She was untouched. And a lot of times, and I kind of did this when I talked about it at further, we jump to kind of the end of the story and we say, yeah, Mary, Abram, they believe, man, like, wow. But then sometimes it's hard to grab hold of that. And that's why I wanted to outline that they actually ask God questions. And it shows that they were human. Sometimes we need a little help with our faith. Uh, I believe in those times when we genuinely want to believe, but we're having issues and then we ask him for confirmation, he'll give it to us. He'll give us the signs that we need to build our faith. And it's okay to ask God. I kind of grew up 
a few of y'all have been in my church. Zach's been in my church before. A uh, few other people have been there. Um, I kind of grew up, and I love my church uh, back home, but I kind of grew up like with this God that you can't touch and you can't ask him for stuff and all this, that, and the other. Um, but that's not how my Bible reads here. Um, I'm reading something different. I'm reading that Father Abraham and Mother Mary, when they got the promise, they had to ask God, like, okay, it's too big. Are you serious about this? Are you really talking about me? Because, like, I know who I am, or so I think. But God will respond when you ask him to help you where you lack in your faith. Both situations, God responded to their need, and he gave them the response or sign that they needed to help them believe to the point of receiving. Now, here's the other thing that I kind of wanted to share, and I'm really, really almost done. Um, there's something that happens between the promise and then when the promise actually comes into fulfillment. The thing that happens is time. And sometimes the time is bigger than other times. Because we are humans living in a fallen world, time, in many occasions, I know for myself, I'll, I'll raise my own hand, time, that, the, the stuff between the promise and when it actually comes true, that time... <clears throat> it sometimes leads to uh, impatience because we're human, we're kids, we're still children. I got five of my own children, but I'm still a son of God, and I always be one of his children. And a lot of times I act like a little child. <laughs> impatience then will, if we allow it, lead us to do things that we should not do that don't line up with what God has promised us and called us to be. In other words, our impatience can lead us to trying to make the promise come on our own. Now, I'm not going to read through all of this. You can go back and read it later. In chapter 16 of Genesis, we see that Abram may have gotten a bit impatient, right? And I'd never, before a few, a few months ago, I'd never really looked at Abram like this. But it looks like to me, Abram, being a human, he's just a man, heard the promise and he grabbed hold of it, but time came <laughs> and some years came and he got a tad bit impatient and he didn't, what happened with Abram was he didn't wait for the rest of the promise and so he ended up being with uh, someone who was not his wife. Now, I'm going to stop there for a moment. We'll go back. While we're waiting, we've got to make sure that we don't get impatient and try to hurry up God's process. A lot of us, none of us will say, well, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm cool with hurrying up God. Nobody would readily say that. I would say that. But a lot of times when we allow impatience to come in 
and affect our actions. That's really what we've done. We said, God, I, I can't wait on you. I'm going to hurry your process up. We can't do that. Here's another thing we can't do. We can't quit before the promise is fulfilled. So sometimes we get impatient, and then we start trying to make things happen. Other times the response is, you know what, I'm tired of waiting. I'm going to quit. Maybe you really didn't promise me this, God. I'm going to stop. I'm just going to quit. Now, here's the other thing that happens, and this is where I really want you to think. Uh, sometimes when the promise gets really close to being fulfilled, when that next step for you, whether it be a job or whatever it is, it could be any number of things. It could be launching a ministry. It could be moving to another place. But a lot of times what happens is when that thing gets really, really close, we start to get, I know I have done this because I didn't know how close it was. I started to get critical about the situation that I was in. And I started seeing a bunch of problems that didn't just all of a sudden pop up. They really had never been there. I just started seeing stuff. Like, well, this, I don't like this person. Or this person does this. I don't like the way they write their, they don't, I don't like the way they dot their I's and cross their T's. Or I don't, I, God, I don't like this. This is, huh. And that's really where I wanted to park and encourage people tonight is <clears throat> when you get right close to stepping into that next thing, Don't get so impatient with what's going on around you that you just throw it all up and say, I quit, I'm done. And so I think that's a sign. If you're in a spot and all of a sudden stuff that used to be okay, you have a problem with, you got a lot of issues with stuff that really you never had an issue with before, be careful because your change is about to come. It's about there. It's almost there. What, in, what the enemy does is he wants, you, he wants you to get right to that next, to that last step and quit. He wants you to stop right there. So in chapter 16, we see that uh, Sarai encourages Abram to be with uh, with her maidservant, and he does it. So he kind of gets himself out of order because time had come and impatience had set in. But then we look at verse, in chapter 17 and we see that there was more to what God had promised him. He just got impatient. He didn't wait on the next, the next piece of the story he said, okay, I'm okay. I'm supposed to have a child, so I'm going to go on and I'm going to do this, you know. But what he didn't know was God had more detail. If he had just waited, if he had not gotten impatient, it would have been better. Now, his story ends well. We're products of his faithfulness and his righteousness. Mary's story ends phenomenally well. Because of her faithfulness, we're saved. 
So both stories end greatly. Ultimately, God's faithfulness. I'm like, I was sitting tripping on the song list, talking about God's faithfulness and how it fits right in. And so I just want to give you this word again. Whatever God has promised you is the seed. Abram had the seed on the inside of him. And we're living that out today, thousands of years later. Mary had the seed implanted on the inside of her by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so it's very symbolic of those two situations. Whatever that thing is that God has promised you, and I don't know, that's between you and God, but whatever that thing is that God has promised you, that's the seed. Whatever the dream is, uh, whatever the thing is that he said you were going to be, um, and for a lot of us, it's the thing that we know we were called to do. That's the seed. Who you are is greater than who you are now. I'll say that one again. Who you are, and I've got that in all caps, A-R-E, all caps. Who you are is greater than you who you are now. The seed that is in you is bigger than you. Change is coming for you this year. This year, hope, dreams, and visions will be redeemed. What God has been depositing in you for your whole life has prepared you for the new position that you will step into this year. And I'm going to add this. When God gave me this word, he didn't, he didn't uh, there were no age specifications on it. It wasn't a word for the college age. It wasn't a word for somebody that's 12 or 80. It's a word for God's people, okay? Make no mistake about it. You are ready for what you're about to step into this year. Um, and I, I added this part in. Sometimes you may get overwhelmed when you step into that new thing even if you've been waiting on it for a long time. However, in the moments when you feel inadequate or like it's too much or like you're not ready or like you're not worthy, remember that he has equipped you for what he has called you to do. Philippians 1 and 6. I don't think I gave you this one, Blake. I'll just read it. Philippians 1 and 6, a lot of us know this. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. God knows our destiny. He already knows it. We've got to know it as well. And so the reason why I wanted to give the word again was to help somebody that's ready to quit. Like, I'm here to tell you, this is a year for a lot of us. This is the year. And so I'm encouraging you not to quit. And for you, it may be December. And so it's a lot of months between now and December. And come November 31st, you may be ready to say, you know what, I heard what Dr. Rob said. I've heard him say it twice. Lord, I've heard you tell me this for 10 years, and you're ready to quit. Don't quit. God said, this is the year. And I don't know what it is. I don't know how big your thing is, but whatever it is, God's got it. 
It's not really about you. All you have to do is believe it and walk into it. Not make it happen, but just believe it and step when he says step. So what's amazing to me is I got this word probably a month or two before the turn of the year. Well, what's tripping me out is I've got uh, one friend that they just moved in the summertime. He took a new job back this summer. Well, he's already got another job since 2014. Just had uh, Dr. Rice, Dr. Perrin Rice, who was over here at uh, Cumberland Presbyterian. He's a black guy that's preached in our church a couple times. They just moved. He got a senior pastor position back home, an answer to dreams. Yeah. We know somebody else I can't say who a lot of us know who just got a job, states away, job of their dreams. That's three people. And I'm thinking of somebody else who uh, I can't say yet, something else that they're about to step into. And this stuff didn't happen last year. It was a year of harvest last year. But this whole thing of stepping into dreams and stuff that God promised 15 years ago, that's this year. And so I don't know what it is, but I know that there are a lot of people sitting under the sound of my voice that have something that they know. It's kind of like being pregnant. Well, I ain't been pregnant, but I've walked through it with my wife. And uh, it's kind of like, uh, like towards the end, uh, a lot of, some women will go through nesting when, the, when the, it gets close to the time for the baby to be born. Um, and they'll start cleaning up stuff around the house and just straightening up stuff like, like unnatural cleaning. Um, well, that's their body telling them that the baby's getting ready to come. And so there's some of you sitting right there, and it's like, especially if you're a woman, you really know what I'm talking about. It's like getting close to that time, and you're getting anxious, but you're uncomfortable, and sometimes you have pains and stuff, but you know it's going to be better pretty soon. You don't know what the baby's going to look like, but you know it's going to be good, right? You're concerned about it. You want the baby to be healthy and all that stuff. Um, but you know it's going to be good, and you're excited about it. Some of y'all are sitting there feeling that. You've been feeling it for a long time. This is the year, but I encourage you to hold on. Let's not sleep with Hagar. Let's not do that. Let's stay faithful to Sarai. Let's stay faithful to the promise. Yeah, Sarai, who became Sarah, Abram, who became Abraham. Stay faithful to the promise. You know, so you may sit there and say, well, I don't have this big old thing. Um, you got something that God has promised you. If you walk with God, he's done shared something with you about what you're supposed to be doing in the future. Grab hold of that. Believe God. Trust God. The Bible says, and Abram believed God, and he counted it unto him for righteousness. He, and he slipped up along the way, but ultimately he held on to it. And I'm so glad he did. I'm glad Mary did. And I'm glad, most importantly, that God is faithful to his promises. He is faithful. Have we not heard that word since we got here tonight? Don't let go of your promise. God is faithful. What he says, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Won't you stand up on your feet? 
Man, that's record time. Somebody tell Pastor Paul I got done on time for once. <laughs> Pastor Paul, if you listen to this on the tape, I got done on time. <laughs> um, but let's, let's just do something special. Why don't we just, just y'all just grab hands. Let's just, let's just grab hands and. Just link up. And, you know, one of the things that happened um, toward, I guess it was like December in the well, we had these really weird periods of worship, like where we would get to laughing, and then we had some periods where we would just sit in silence. And, um, and it's uncomfortable because a lot of times we got to talk to God and we have to sing and we have to, we had several nights when we would just kind of sit there, just quiet for a long time. Um, so what I want you to do now, just while you're holding hands, just quietly, just, just let God bring that thing up that he's promised you. I don't want you to be afraid of envisioning it. Sometimes I know I get afraid <laughs> to envision the bigness of God's seed that he's planted. But I want you to get that thing in the forefront of your mind. Nobody else has to know but the hand or hands of the people that you're holding. They're, you're holding those hands just to, to get some encouragement. The person beside you, they don't know what your dream is or what God's promised you. They're going to walk through it by faith with you. Get that thing in your mind. I don't care what your age is. We serve God until we take our last. <laughs> we don't stop having vision and dreams from the Lord until we leave. Hallelujah. Get that thing in your mind. Maybe something from, you could have been a child and had a vision or something God put in you that you were going to play the piano and you've never done it. Or play the guitar or lead worship. Or preach the gospel. Or you're supposed to move to Florida one day and you're scared of it. It's been so long you don't know if it's going to happen. Get that in your mind right now. just want to pray over us. Father, Lord, um, you're, the best, you're the best daddy there ever was. You're so awesome because you're so big, but yet you're so big and we're so small, God, um, in the scheme of things. But you love us so much that you let us be a part of what you're doing on the earth. And so you give us dreams and visions and desires um, of stuff to help in your kingdom, Father. And that, that is awesome. God, because as I said before, I know stuff about Rob that nobody else knows. And, but yet you're still giving me dreams, big stuff to do. Thank you, Lord. And I also thank you that as much as I know about myself, 
You know more. You know my potential, Lord. You know what I'm capable of. And not just me, but all my brothers and sisters that are here tonight, Lord. So whatever that seed is, God, that you've put on the inside of them, Lord, I ask that you would water that thing, fertilize it, Lord, that it would germinate and grow. And God, I plead the blood of Jesus over the seeds that you put on the inside of our hearts. That Satan can't come and get them. And Satan, we're not going to sleep with Hagar. We're going to stay faithful to the promise. Lord, I say thank you for the seed. And I say thank you that I've got friends and family around me, Lord, that are already walking into stuff that they've seen from years ago. That tells me that what you promised us about 2014 is true. And Satan, you're a liar. What God has said will come to pass this year will come. So, Lord, we join hands by faith as brothers and sisters that what you have said and set forth will come to pass. And we give you praise and thanks right now, God, in advance. Thank you, Lord. Help us to act like the promise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And won't you hug somebody tonight? Hug somebody, encourage them.